What's poppin' everybody? How y'all doing? It's your player partner, Big Gator, Gator Love, Gator Uchiha, Don Cayman, Spiffy Gator, Gold Chain Gator, aka Mr. Where's My Lighter. And we're tuned in to episode 38 of The Swamp Life, I believe it is. Hopefully y'all had a nice week since the last time y'all heard this voice. So for me, uh, it's been a pretty good week. Like I said last week, when I work on my podcast and really dedicate my time to the show, it's actually very therapeutic. And I'm really trying to get in the mode and the consistency of really doing that the way I vocalized on the show. And I actually vocalized it on the show so I can hold myself to a certain level of accountability too. And yeah, it's been a pretty good week. I feel like I got a lot more interaction and a lot more people are going to be tuned in this week as opposed to the last few weeks when I wasn't putting in the full effort. So um, yeah, but before we get into the question and the rest of that stuff, I wanted to start off with all the beef that's been happening in the culture lately. Just the first beef I want to get out the way, just because I feel like it's the most, um, no, this one isn't the most meaningless. There's actually very much of a strong point to this, but I feel like in a sense, Lil Pump is being singled out. If, if you're not familiar, Lil Pump was rapping in one of his recent songs that are coming out and he said, eyes low like I'm Yao Ming, uh, and one of the ad libs was like Ching Chong. Now my thing is, if you're going to have an issue with him saying that, you have to go back and every person who's made an eyes low like I'm Asian or anyone who's made a reference like that would have to be called out and singled out and you need to say that you have a problem with them as well as opposed to just picking on the 17 year old kid who's known to do stupid shit. His whole, Lil Pup's whole persona and his whole gimmick is him doing dumb shit, him saying stupid shit. So to pick on the to pick on the person who's known for saying and doing that dumb shit doesn't necessarily make sense to me unless you also have had an issue with the rest of the rappers who said eyes low like I'm Asian or any sort of reference to that sort of any sort of reference to that now if Ben Baller and China Mac have issues with those things as well then by all means I'll fall back on this one and y'all can continue y'all beef but until they address those other rappers who until they address those other rappers who made similar remarks, they have to let that shit go. I, I started with that because meaningless wasn't the right word. I feel like that's the smallest beef on the scale of beefs that, that have happened this week. Moving on. Um, another beef that just has been going on for so long is the Kanye and Drake beef. And honestly, it just re-sparked because Kanye went on a, to- a whole a whole brand new Twitter rant. Nothing new was acknowledged or there were no new developments or anything other than the fact that apparently Drake wanted to, uh, Drake wanted to, yeah, other than apparently Drake wanted Kanye to clear a sample for what's free and, or not that song, um, I don't know the name of the song, but he wants him or he wanted him to clear a song and then apparently that sparked a whole rant from Kanye's in it made it seem as if Kanye just heard sicko mode and just did like a google search of all the things Drake has said in the last few months because this is so random honestly the text the text that the text that Kanye got to clear the sample on Drake's in couldn't have sparked all of this thought of the things that Drake has been saying the last few months that just doesn't make sense now, you have to say I somewhat agree with a few of the things Kanye had to say in his rant, 
being there wouldn't necessarily be a Drake if there wasn't a Kanye. Kanye paved the way for Drake. Drake looks a little weird trying to diss his idol. Like these are all things that I can agree with and acknowledge. Now, now what complicates this is Kanye can't be the one to say this. Um, I tweeted this already when he was on like mid rant. It takes away some of the validity and strength of what he's saying when he's the person that says it. If there was another prominent figure in hip hop or just another prominent figure in the culture who said, who stepped into the middle of the beef and just tried to stop Drake and said, yo, Kanye paved the way for you. Not only in hip hop and fashion and producing, he paved a lane back in the day for artists who weren't necessarily viewed as cool for the typical, the typical way it was viewed in 02 and the typical way it was viewed in 0203. You had to be a tough guy, things of that caliber. You know what I'm saying? But this beef just re-sparking, the beef re-sparking itself almost didn't make sense because Drake didn't really say anything back publicly. It was all Kanye. Uh, if you've ever seen that meme where that old lady is on the um, that old lady is on the train or that person is on the train arguing with themselves, that's exactly that is a visual representation of what Kanye looked like. And another long overdue beef that it's honestly kind of crazy that it's just now happening because Fortnite, because it was announced that Fortnite or the company that owns Fortnite is an $8 billion company, maybe like three months ago. So it's a bit interesting that people are just now deciding to sue them. But apparently Carlton has finally decided to sue them. The backpack kid has decidedly or finally decided to sue them. And two Millie has finally decided to sue him. Now, if everybody, two Millie has the strongest case by far. Cause his dance has been getting stolen since fucking When did fucking I Millie when did Millie Rock come out? 2012, 2013? Like, his dance has been getting stolen for the last six years and he hasn't been getting paid or getting any credit for that. So that's wild. Recently, I just found out today that the dance that the Backpack Kid does is a dance he didn't even invent. There's a video that came out that was, um, there's a video that came out today, I think it was made in 2012, and it shows some random white kids doing this dance. And I was, I was fucking shocked because I really thought that that kid invented that dance. I don't ever recall seeing that dance when I was younger or anything like that. But apparently he's not the creator, but he, or that is for sure part of his likeness but they can't attach that to his, uh, they can't say he created it or, I forget the actual term, but it is a part of his likeness, so I am interested to see how that works out. Now, the Carlton is a part of his mental, um, it's a, one of his mental creations, and it's attached to his likeness. So he, him as well as Tumili definitely have a strong case in their argument. But it's crazy to me personally that it's taken this long. Like, why wait till the company is a bill? Well, actually, disregard. Completely disregard. It makes the most sense in the world to let this company steal your shit and become a billion dollar company. Because the amount that they're going to pay you is only going to have to continuously grow and grow and grow. I'm sure Carlton and Two Millie were aware that. I'm sure Carlton and Two Millie were aware that they put their dance on there a year and a half ago or whatever. Damn, holy shit! But if you think about it, 
But if you wait till they're a million dollar, com a billion dollar company, they're going to have to settle or they're not even going to take this to trial. They're just going to try to settle with you for a few million. And you know this, man. That's a pro tip right there. So go ahead and put that in your pocket because I'm definitely snatching that in case someone ever steals Swamp Life or anything like that. I'm, I'm all right, pimp. I feel you. We're going to let that rock. But yeah, I'm definitely going to handle it very similarly to that. Now, onto the beef that I know the absolute least about, but, and this is a trend that I truly don't understand, and maybe it's because I was, I don't even want to say because it was ra I was raised around real niggas, because I feel like it's bigger than that. Give me one second, let me hit this weed. So the strain of the week this week is going to be some do si -do. Um... I'm not really sure what Dosi Do is, whether it's a sativa, hybrid, indica. I'm not too sure. And I still couldn't find my lighter, so I actually did something. I did some crafty shit, and I just lit my. Um, I grabbed my blowtorch, and I didn't want to nuke the whole bowl, so I used my needle for my dabber, and I just heated my needle till that shit was. And I just heated my needle till that bitch was flaming hot. And then I touched it with onto the weed and I started to take a hit and it lit and I got a good hit out of that. I'm feeling very proud of myself. But back to the beef and back to what I was saying, this trend that I don't understand. And like I said, I feel like saying using the term or and I feel like saying it's because I was raised around real niggas is kind of whack, but I honestly don't know what else to say is the reason why I feel like this is very much unacceptable, but Tory Lanez got into a, a back and forth on Twitter with Royce the 5'9", and I'm not even sure where it started. Apparently, there was some comment that Tory Lanez left somewhere, and then he deleted it because he felt like Royce the 5'9 was right, and it did kind of look like Tory Lanez was hating, but then he didn't even address him by the proper name. He called him Rolls 5'7". And then that's when Royster 59 said, look, you from Canada, don't get your ass beat. Y'all know Royster 59 from Detroit. So, I mean, y'all know he didn't, he didn't rapped about some of the shit he'd been through. So, I mean, y'all know Royce is really about that action, really about that life. So, and I, but I think the perception that Canadians are just like some soft ass niggas or like bitches is a weird thing to, or is, is not the best perception to have of them either. Tory Lanez responded to Royce the 5'9 by basic or not basically he responded saying suck my dick in all caps now I don't understand that personally yeah the back and forth is whatever but when a nigga when a grown man tells another grown man suck my dick that is taking the altercation to a whole nother level like that level of disrespect that you just brought it to requires physical violence now. Beforehand, they could have potentially met up, talked this out. A third party could have squashed this beef. They could have dead it. They could have met up in person. It could have been whatever. Once you tweet suck my dick for the whole world to read, you have to get hit. Like, you have to. 
there's gonna be a point where there's gonna there's now gonna be a point where there's a physical altercation between these two camps. It's inevitable. And not to pull a DJ Academics and kind of snitch on everybody, but like niggas know. And the way Royce even the way Royce replied, if you know, you know, because he's all Royce said back was, "Well, you said it, not me." Now, if you don't think shit is about to get pushed in motion after a sentence like that, then I don't even, I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know. But it's definitely going to go down. And it may not even be, the, it may not be this month. It may not even be in the next two or three months. Because like I said, once you tweet that out and put that out there, something has to happen. But you don't want it to happen so quickly that it, ha- or that it spawns right back to you and gets you jail time, gets anybody in your camp or gets anybody in your camp arrested or right away. You want there to at least be some sort of mystery as to who did it. Especially in this era where the attention span is so short. People won't even remember this beef three months from now. But Royce is... And I hope Tori does too. I I hope Tori does too. I'm not even... I just don't understand why people feel the need to provoke someone to that level. Because once you say things... Once you say that... Like I said, you're just taking it to a whole nother level. Or maybe that's just my perception being raised around the people I was raised around. But that is like a very, that is very much a taboo thing for me personally. Like a grown man cannot look another grown man in the eye and say, suck my dick without something happening to him. Now I'm moving on. This beef was more so interesting because I understood both sides of the beef. And I'm talking about the Kodak Black and the Eve Kodak Black versus Ebro. Well, now Kodak Black and Trick Daddy versus Ebro. But we'll get into Trick Daddy in a second. We'll just get into the initial altercation that started all of this. I watched the whole interview. I clicked on it before I even read or I clicked on it as soon as I read Kodak Black walked out of the interview I was expecting him to or quick pause they didn't put Kodak Black walks out of the interview they put Kodak Black storms out of the interview which wasn't necessarily true again I understand putting things for more traffic it it increases revenue and all of that shit like it's just not something that I'm necessarily used to yet but it's gonna be it may be something that happens in the future like I said growth for the show requires me stepping out of my comfort zone and doing things I'm not necessarily used to, but faking it isn't necessarily something I'm trying to do. So I don't, eh. But like I said, in watching the interview for the first 13, 14 minutes, they're having a, a decent interview. It's it's, it's kind of whatever, you know what I mean? It's, it's his first time up there. They're still feeling each other out. They're asking questions. Do you, if you... If it was your first time ever seeing Kodak, you were learning a few things. But then it gets, like I said, so like I said, it's only about 17 minutes long. But for the last three minutes, it gets incredibly awkward. They have a decent conversation for that first 13 minutes. And then Ebro brings up the sexual assault. Now, let me start by saying why I understand Ebro's side. Being in the position that Ebro's in as the program director and the the antagonist, I guess you would say, on the show, 
or the person that is supposed to be blunt on the show, you can't not bring up what he's been arrested for for the last however many months in the last two years. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, seeing as though it's um, seeing as though it's a pending trial, I don't know what he expected Kodak Black to say. And like I said, I understand him bringing it up, but seeing that Ebro does what he does and has been doing what he does for a very long time, I feel like he should understand Kodak Black isn't the type of artist that is going to be able to articulate properly in which in which way that he can and can't like discuss the case and or which details he can and can't discuss in the case. He would rather just not discuss it at all. And I feel like and also, I feel like just not, I'm not in the industry, I'm, you know, I'm not in the industry, but just from the things that I've heard in watching interviews and watching podcasts and everything, there's talking points and there's things that are provided to the people interviewing people that they don't want to discuss or things that are off limits or the topics that they are going to discuss. I'm sure that that's given out in most interviews, regardless of the platform, regardless of the size of the platform especially the size of the platform actually so in that case i'm sure beforehand they knew that kodak black didn't have anything to say regarding the case or regarding the sexual assault case and this is why i say i understand why kodak black just tried to stop it and not say anything about it and move past it because he's not the and this is no indictment on kodak black at all he's not the most articulate person in the world he probably doesn't know all the details in his case and what he can say that isn't incriminating and what he can say that can get him locked back up. So he'd rather just not say anything. And Ebro putting him in that place where he feels like he's necessarily or he's being he's being blamed for something that he may not feel like he did. While the public's already tried him as guilty, he still is maintaining his innocence, it seems. So for someone to blame him for that, of course, he's going to react standoffish. And in and just objectively, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they expected to happen in asking that, because it was so direct. I wish I verbatim knew exactly what he said, but just in paraphrasing, he said, "Yeah, I know you're dealing with all these sexual assault cases, and uh, once you're done with it, we'd like you to come back and talk about it." Kodak Black said, "I guess he could have said something on the ends of." I'd love to clear up all the facts and details of what really happened once the case is actually over. Then they could have continued with the interview. Like I said, seeing as though the case is still pending, it's just like, what did you want him to say? And while I'm on sexual assault, Idris Alba said something that I think is incredibly interesting, but it's only something that I can partially agree with because women are also taking advantage of this as well. And if you're unfamiliar, he stated that men should only be uncomfortable with the Me Too movement if they have something to hide. And initially, my first reaction to reading that was, yeah, like you're 100% correct. But then after thinking about it, I thought about all the women who have vindictively accused men who haven't done anything to them. And while I know that's a very minute percentage of the population, and it's, it may not even be 1% of the rape victims, but I couldn't help but think of 
I couldn't help but think of the athletes, for example, that have been accused that didn't do things to, that didn't do anything to these women. The men on the rise on their way to power that didn't do anything to these women. I couldn't help but think about Emmett Till, who didn't even say anything to this woman. And that cost him his life. So while I part of me agrees with him in the sense that the fact or part of me agrees with him that most men shouldn't have anything to hide. A very small percentage of women have started to take advantage of or a very small percentage of women started to take advantage of that movement. And it it did become fearful at one point for men who didn't have anything to hide. And honestly, I'm more so interested in what's happening with that movement now, bringing that up, because, like I said, I'm more so interested in what's happening with that movement now, because I hope Bill Cosby is not the only man that's tried and convicted of sexual assault and rape and the heinous crimes that are being accused of to many of other men in power. Like, I hope this isn't one of those things, I hope this isn't one of those things that comes and goes and it's actually just fake outrage and no one else goes to jail other than a black man. And I don't want to make this specifically about race, but we all know that that's a very underlying issue in America. So yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to do a bit of research after this because that's, that's interesting to me. And man, and just to get on some positive shit. Like I said last week, I definitely wanted to start highlighting some of the stuff happening locally. I definitely want to give a big shout out to Veli for starting the toy drive. <sighs> Excuse me. And I definitely wanted to give a big shout out to Veli for starting the toy drive. That's super dope. And everybody who drops off a toy or anything that they can donate, you can drop toys off all the way till the 22nd. So if you hear this and you got something to donate, take it. Um, The locations are the Hair Company, Man Athletics, the Social Club, that's the VFW, um, Vape 3-1, and Seasick Tattoo. That's right next to Vape 3-1. So if you're near any one of those those locations and you got something to donate, well, shit, even if you're not anywhere near one of those locations, if you got something to donate, ship it in and give these kids a nice Christmas. You feel me? And just to keep highlighting some local shit happening. This Friday, there's a throw a 90s and 2000s throwback dance hosted by T-Raw and T-Sims. I don't know who the fuck T-Sims is, but I know T-Raw. A 90s and 2000s throwback. Y'all niggas was goddamn 10. Y'all niggas wasn't even 10 in the 2000s. How the fuck? Anyways, like I said, they're younger than me. That's why I'm saying what I'm saying. I'm 23, and it's still a little... It's still... I'm 23 and it's still a little early for me to be having a throwback 2000s party. Like it's dope, don't get me wrong. And like I could still dress like that, but it's still a little early for me to have a throwback 2000s party. Like right now, it would be super funny to have like a 2011 jerking party. Or like for my age group, it would be very hilarious to have like a 2010 snapback era throwback party. That would be funny. And that would be like really cool to see what hats people bring out from the collection. That's actually a very funny idea. I may try to I may try to do that soon. 
And just to keep it pushing to the question of the week, I actually didn't realize it was going to spark this much interaction. Shout out to everyone who provided a detailed answer. It really means a lot. Genuine shout out to Rachel, uh, Matt, Libby, everyone who provided a detailed answer. And if you're unfamiliar with the question, with everyone talking about Cardi being offset and cheating, I basically just asked the question of, do you feel like a relationship is repairable after your significant other cheats? Or in my age group, I got some very interesting answers and it led me to the it led me to the conclusion that most people in my age group in their lower 20s, I'm only 23, most people in my age group just flat out said no to that question. They don't feel it's repairable at all. And for the ones that did for the ones that did, they either felt like to split, there was literally only two categories for the ones that did. They felt like they could for marriage or they felt like it would possess a certain level of maturity. Now me personally, I do feel, I completely agree with the person that feels like it is repairable and yes, it does take a certain level of maturity. I completely disagreed with the person who, the person with the rhetoric that they don't feel that they could but if they were married, they feel like they would be obligated to. And everyone who expressed that sentiment didn't use the word obligated. They used terms like binded and uh, vows and things of that nature. But but they also expressed that if they weren't uh, if they weren't married to that person, then they would see no point of trying to fix things. Now I completely disagree with that rhetoric for the simple fact that. Like the other group feels, it completely takes a certain level of maturity to accept accept that your partner cheated, accept that you may have pushed your partner to cheat and forgive and be willing to move on from that action. Just from discussing this topic with everyone, the hardest thing obviously to get over is the trust aspect afterwards. Just from talking to people with the experience of being cheated on or with the experience who have cheated, once they cheat and their partner finds out that trust is completely broken and for me personally i feel like that's why if i was cheated on it wouldn't work out because my trust issues go back to my childhood with my mother so like once i once i don't trust you it's kind of a wrap and it's already it's hard for me to trust a person in general so once i get to the point of trusting you that's a very significant thing for me and then but once you break the trust it's it takes way too much work on my end to allow you back in it just wouldn't be worth it and if i anyone who would be in a relationship would with me would be knowing that so if they were to do something to damage that then that means they didn't want the relationship to continue is the way i would view it unless i was personally doing something to push her into um a sense of an emotional cheating or something of that sort or one of them when i spoke to about this instance for example she didn't necessarily physically cheat and before i get into what she did i feel like honestly this is what would lead most women to cheat like i said she didn't necessarily physically cheat or physically engage in activities with this man but it was someone who she started to develop interest in and started to develop feelings for because he was someone she could he was someone she could have seen herself being with because they they were going similar places in life as opposed to the person she was with who was smoking weed and playing video games all day who wasn't goal oriented wasn't going to school didn't have any plans of what he was going to do with his life 
And like I said, once she, I'm not sure how he found out, but once he found out, he can never let go. He can never let go of what almost happened. He constantly berated her about her cheating, quote unquote, and her actions in which she tried, or in which she expressed to me that she made a genuine effort to show the change that she made in her behavior and the genuine, or and an extreme effort to rebuild that trust and the extra effort to rebuild that trust and her efforts weren't matched. So like I said before, it takes a certain level of willingness and acceptance on your end to realize that you may have pushed your partner to do that and as well as to and willing or acceptance to realize that you may have pushed your partner away from you and away from your relationship and a willingness to move past the act the action that happened in talking to and talking to a lot of people my age most people don't possess that level of maturity so i then so I then posed the question to a, pe- a few people over 27 just to see how they feel about it. That's a because I feel like 27 and over is somewhat of a separate generation. While there's still someone I may have went to high school with, once you're five, four or five years older than a person, you lived a completely different life. It's, it's just different. So I asked them just because I wanted to see their perspective and the way they felt about the situation. And honestly, it seems like that level of maturity just comes with age and time. The few people, the few people I spoke to over 27 who talked about it, majority of them said yes, that they do feel like the relationship is repairable and that each individual case is its own. Each individual case is different. It all depends on what happened where you guys are in your life, how long you've been together. And I feel like these things are all factors in every relationship, not just the relationships for people over 27, but it's interesting that there's only a few people in my age demographic who actually possess this level of maturity to feel this way of the people who are in the higher age bracket. One thing that I found very interesting about this as well is that there's a lot of people lying and also there's a lot of people that don't know that they've been cheated on and when i say there's people lying i feel that there's definitely some people who told me that they wouldn't take that they that there's for sure 100 some people that told me they wouldn't take their significant other back that i feel would definitely take their significant other back if they were cheated on even just some of the people who uh some of the people who i asked in person uh, i ran into a few people over the week and just once i had once i realized this was my question i posed it to people and just in real life just to see how they would react to it and everyone's immediate reaction is no oh i never i would never take someone back after they cheated on me that's such a disrespect and a break of our trust and all these simple answers to what they would and wouldn't do but being a person who's never been in that situation I honestly can't just give a a definitive answer and say I would definitely or I definitely feel the relationship is unrepairable or yes, I definitely feel it it is repairable. But personally, I'm leaning. I lean more so I lean more towards the side of it is repairable just for the simple fact of I would hope if if I'm loving someone with my all. I wouldn't be pushing them to do anything cheating. I wouldn't be pushing them to cheat. So if they did cheat, it would hopefully be a one-time mistaking kind of thing. And if I was madly in love, it 
would be something I could potentially get over. But honestly, no. I think if that was, just in talking about it, I think if that was the case, I would lean more towards the no side. Because if I wasn't doing anything to push my partner out of the relationship and I was loving to my full capabilities, no, that it wouldn't work. If it was vice versa, on the other hand, and I was and I was pushing my partner away to another nigga's arms, and then she cheated emotionally or physically or whatever, and then I was like, well shit, I'm a jackass and I, maybe I should step my game up. Maybe in that aspect I could get over it and we can move past it because I was also, I would have also been in the wrong. But after talking about it out loud, I'm definitely more so leaning to the no side. But as I said before, each case is its own. But it definitely made for incredible conversation. And I'm very interested to see how you feel about this if you didn't already tell me. So yeah, if you didn't already answer, let me know how you feel about it. If, or if you disagree with what I had to say about why it's repairable, let me know. I'm here for it as well. Now, just off of some love shit real quick. I have to touch on something else that sounded... Yeah, it, it just sounds dumb. No, Amber Rose says she misses being a stripper. She said it a lot more explicitly than just simply misses being a stripper. Like she said she misses the smell of the money falling as she's clapping her ass. And she painted a very detailed picture as to what she misses about stripping. And initially my reaction was like, you know, maybe she just misses working hard for her money and maybe she just misses the hustle and shit like that. But nigga, do you know how dumb that shit sounds? Like seriously, she very good, very, 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 very good strippers. Maybe make what hundred thou might make a hundred thou a night. Working a couple, two, three nights a week, maybe. For sure, a lot of strippers are big, big millionaires. But by the when Amber was stripping, she wasn't popping, popping like some of the girls at Starlets and some of the real popping strip clubs like Magic City and KOD and some of the, you know, I mean, some of the real popping strip clubs. So let's just say Amber was maybe making five, maybe 10, 20 racks a night stripping. Like if, fuck that. Amber Rose was in Philly. Amber Rose was not making 20,000 a night in Philadelphia stripping. So let's say on a very good night, Amber Rose was making five racks a night stripping. Nigga, her celebrity alone allows her to walk into a building and make 10,000 a night. Not even a night, 10,000 for two hours of being there. 20,000 for two hours of being there. All she has to do is drink a little bit and dance and have some fun. Maybe get on the mic and say a little bit of words. How the fuck do you miss stripping for random niggas having random niggas touch you, random niggas throw money at you. What? Are you dumb? That is just, that is flat out blasphemy. I understood no part of it. Like I said, I initially tried to get behind it and, and say it was for the hustle or something like that. But after like delving in and thinking about it, that sounded like some of the stupidest 
stupidest shit I ever heard ever, bro. Or it's super ironic that I'm talking, or I just talked about Amber Rose, because that, that commercial where Wiz Khalifa has the virtual reality goggles on just played, and that's hilarious, because I have Wiz on the docket. In Wiz's most recent interview, he just talked about how him and Currency are apparently about to drop a project in 2019, and they're about to go on tour in 2019. And nigga, I'm here for it. I honestly haven't listened to Currency in the last few months for no particular reason, but I'm definitely about to go back into the Rolodex and play a few goodies after hearing this and get up to date with what he's dropped any or get up to date with what he's dropped recently. But that's gonna be some of the smoothest music of the year, my G. And I'm definitely trying to go to a concert. I definitely want to go to a couple shows in 2019, actually. I'm low-key trying to go to the Governor's Ball again in 2019. The first time I went, I believe it was 2016. It was a pretty cool experience. I definitely want to do it a little bit bigger and a little bit better. Get the VIP, uh, get the VIP fast, or get the VIP tickets, and just get the full experience of New York and really being out there and really, uh, really experiencing the show. You feel me? Um, I know I want to do Governor's Ball for sure next year. That I'm really trying to do. Governor's Ball and Camp Flogno. Other than those two shows, I'm not really sure if there's anything I feel like I need to go to. But next year, for some reason, I feel like I really need to go to those two shows. But yeah, if you feel like I'm leaving any shows out, let me know. I still never been to Coachella and I that really interests me for some reason. But everyone says it's so watered down now that I don't want to I don't want to experience that because I've already been to a couple shows. So I, I already know what I what I want to feel and what I want to expect. And if everyone says it's watered down, I know what that vibe is like, so I'm not here for it. I still haven't been to EDC, and I don't think I'll ever go to EDC for the simple fact of I don't really fuck with EDM, and I would literally have to be rolling for 12 hours straight for me to enjoy myself. And I don't know if I can do that for, how long is EDC, two days? I don't know if I can do that for three days in a row and not die, but you know, you can do anything once and live, so we may give it a shot. But <laughs> that's all I got for y'all this week. Uh, tell your mama to tell her sister's kids that the Swamp Life just dropped. Tell your grandma to tell her favorite kids' kids that the uh, Swamp Life is out. And um, hopefully y'all enjoy the rest of y'all week. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Go on Apple and rate my shit. Retweet it when you see it. Share it when you see it. Engage when you feel the need to. I'm here for it. Or I'm trying to grow and make this a platform. Like I said last week, I'm trying to take this to new heights and new levels. So help me help you help me help us. And that's all I got for y'all, man. Peace out.